Ready, Ready to roll? Okay. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wealthy's Podcast. Today, we are so lucky to have the very beautiful, talented, great leader, Carmela Galasso. Have I pronounced that correctly? You did. Very good. Yes. Um, thank you very much for coming in today. You are a, you know, a giant in your industry. I'm so happy that you're here, especially now because you've got some really poignant advice for this COVID environment, but also life lessons that I'm sure that we can take away from this podcast. For all of you that don't know Carmela, she's the head of small business banking at for New South Wales and ACT at ANZ Bank. She has a truly magnificent and inspiring story from success in the finance industry, which is largely male-dominated industry, hard to get through. Um, Raising a family, no small feat. Uh, Overcoming breast cancer, another huge feat. She's an expert, a role model, and a teacher. Camilla's interesting because she has won awards for her mentorship or the mentor award in 2018 and was a finalist in 2019. And really, she has excelled in her career, focusing on the needs of those around her rather than being that typical alpha, you know, self-serving person. So can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the thing about mentorship is that it's actually the least it's, it, yes, it's a lot about you. It absolutely is because you get such joy and happiness and satisfaction out of watching these people around you excel, helping others, watching them achieve their dreams and so and their goals. And, and there's that joy that comes from that, that mentorship that says you're helping someone else, but you get some great satisfaction out of it as well. So there's a selfish part about it as well that says it's not just about them it's actually a lot about you as it's well it's a two-way street absolutely yeah. that's interesting because even just before we started rolling um the people that brought you here today mm. you know you're part, part of Coot experts yes. and regan and and mal and and the whole gang you've known them since they were younger as well absolutely and so you tend to if you are genuine about it and, and we'll talk about this as we go along today but it's that authenticity that, and your genuine care for people that comes out. So there are mentors who call themselves mentors and have there's businesses out there who are absolutely built on, you know, they're mentors for these people. But if you don't have a genuine care for people and a true belief in wanting to see people succeed and feel a connection with them, it, there's no value. It truly has to come from a place of pure selflessness that you want to help others. And, and how, do, how do you cultivate something like that? I mean, you are the leader within your industry. Mm. You look after, I, I don't know, tens, hundreds of people yeah, potentially, yeah, yeah. and they're all looking to you to lead the way. How do you sort of find time in your day to be so selfless, to give people that time and attention, to be a genuine selfless mentor? So you, as a lead, so there's two things. So as a leader... That is part and parcel of what you do. You have to give of your time. And the thing that you learn is if you don't like people, you can never do this. Because if you don't have a true affinity with wanting to help people and be part of their success, leadership and and mentorship doesn't work. 
So you, I, I actually make active time in my diary and I have a wonderful assistant who helps me and helps me run my diary. But I will tell you that between two to th- two days, two and a half days a week of my day of my week is used uh, around mentoring, catching up with people, talking to them, helping them, giving them advice, listening to them as they go on their journey. And that's part of helping them but also I'm on a talent scout right I'm, I'm looking out there for really talented leaders and bankers and people that I can connect with other customers and clients so it's a it's really is an ongoing role of connecting people is is there a particular type of either personality or situation that you enjoy the most in mentoring look uh, um is there I I um I love working with women And I say that because when I first started in banking, and I've had two careers in my life. I started in real estate, and don't hold that against me. No offense, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> um, so I had, I had, even though I had started, uh, I'd studied to become a teacher. I'd taken a step and decided to go to real estate, and then banking came along. And both of those industries, when I first started, were and continue to be highly male-dominated, especially in banking, and it's gradually changing. And I didn't have anyone who mentored me along the way. And if anything, the women that were around, and we spoke a little bit before we got on on, on air around um, alphas and alpha females. So I was surrounded by these alpha females and these men, and none of them, the women didn't help And the men gave you their advice from a man's perspective. And so what I realized and what I'd promised myself was if ever I got into a senior role, that it was my duty, and and that's absolutely how I see it, it is my duty and my obligation to help the next group of women coming through and men, of course. There's no, I, I don't differentiate, but I do love working with women because there was a time that no one worked with me. It was you, basically. It was me. I had me. And I had men who were giving me advice that having children was the wrong thing and it was going to change my career and it was going to stop my career. Mm. What it came out of it was that's not the case at all. So I promised that I would, if ever I got there, that I would help others. And that's how I got here. Well, it's shown. You you won in 2018, finalist in 2019. Mm. That's mentor of the year. Yes. What qualities or what makes you such a good mentor? I mean, obviously you spoke about empathy and, and mm. that selflessness, um, but are there any specific traits? If, if it's not something that happens naturally, are there things that I could take away from you or people mm. can take away from you today to say, you know, I should practice these deliberate habits or things that I should try and do to be a better leader and a better mentor? Yeah, look, thank you. And um, the awards was great recognition. And 2018 was probably really special for me because that was the year that I went through breast cancer. So I got diagnosed at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, I got mentor of the year. So for me, that was really special. What I will say is I'm still learning. And so um, it is a journey for me. I also have a mentor. I have an executive coach because I think we all need some help along the way. But one of the things that I think about is You need to be authentic. You need to be genuine. And if you are going to be a good leader and a good mentor, you have to be present. So when we're having a conversation with someone, you need to be able to be present in that time. Turn your phone off. Take a step away. Don't do it in your office. Go somewhere else because it takes you away from all of the things that can take your attention away. So when if people come to you, it's because they're respecting, they, they respect your opinion If you don't give them that, if you're not present during that time, then there's there's no value in it. 
So that's something. The other thing I think about is you need to deliver the truth to people. So it's really easy to be said, Dominic, you're great. You mm. know what? You're doing a great job. You're fantastic. But really what you want to be able to say is tell them that there's stuff that they need to do better, but also deliver that with a, with a velvet glove. It doesn't have to be a fist. It has to be done with care because these people are vulnerable. They've opened themselves up to you. So there, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's good feedback. I have a Facebook group called Career Change Support for Millennials, which I started about a year ago because I was changing careers from the corporate world to real estate. Mm -hmm. And it's now grown. It has 2,200 people. Wow. Um, And I interview people every week. And then I get a lot of people reaching out to me, people I've never, ever met. And I I want to care. And and some people are telling you they've lost their jobs or they're in very difficult situations. And... Everything you just said, I was taking notes because I want to make sure that I'm doing that as well. Um, and it's 100% that. Uh, at the beginning, it, I was wanting to grow the Facebook group. And believe it or not, there's a lot in the algorithm for Facebook. <laughs> and and it's about being present, caring, doing it from a genuine part of your heart. Mm. And suddenly, yeah, it's gotten to a place that I couldn't imagine. And you don't, you never, you never go out there to be a mentor. Like I never thought, like it was only that someone gave it a label mm. that I realised that's what it was. But I never thought of it that way. I just thought that I was helping others coming through with some experience and knowledge. Now, everyone's journey is different, but that's all I. And it was only when someone gave it a title that I realised what it was. But prior to that, I didn't know what I was. I didn't realise that at the time. So you said some uh, really a lot of important things there. Um, one, that you didn't have a mentor for a while. Mm. Two, that you do have a mentor now. So how important is it to go and find a good mentor? Mm. And how do you identify a person as a good mentor? And, and, and whilst we touch on that, mm-hmm. I just want, when you do answer, just can we touch on whether it's okay to pay for it or does it have to be free in the ways that you can engage in this yep. mentor-mentee relationship? So um, you can pay for it. And so I, I have a, a, a coach that I actually use that, I, that gets paid for. Um, a mentor, I don't, but that's my choice. And I think that mentors and um, executive coaches are really important part of the journey and I think that I'm a far better leader today having had mentors and leaders and coaches along the way to help me because you don't know what you don't know Mm. you don't know you're making a mistake until someone raises it with you and the last time you the 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 thing you don't want is someone to raise it in an awkward or in an in a in a heated moment you'd like it's too late when when something bad's happened correct spot on you don't want that to happen. You want it to happen when someone's actually listening and guiding you. So that's where I think it's really important. So you can pay for it and there's nothing wrong with that. And there are some great industry bodies within industry, so within the real estate, within banking, um, within finance, within all industry. Small business have them. So if you can, you can um, approach it that way. Or you can find people in your own life. So, you know, people say to me, how do you find a, a mentor like you just said to me? And that is, can come from anywhere, within the elders within an industry, people within your business circle. Um, for younger people, and I know this is going to sound strange, but you would have friends who have parents who are really successful and have done really well. Now, could that be in corporate or in small business and you feel an affinity with them? They're great people to help you. 
because A, it's probably cheap, mm-hmm. um, but B, they've got a wealth of knowledge. And I think when you're looking for an, um, how do you identify one, you, you look for people you admire, people you relate to, um, people who you feel a, a relationship like you relate to, but are actually different to you. Mm. Because if you find the same person as you, then you're not going to learn anything. Mm. So you want people who challenge you. And so I think I was reflecting over the, the afternoon about my mentorships and, and, my, and I think every time I see my mentor or my coach, there's this pang of I get this nervousness in my stomach because they're going to challenge me. And there were times that I used to go and see them and I think, oh, I know it's in my diary. I'm supposed to see them. But, oh, gosh, they're going to make me work really hard. And Sounds like a do. personal trainer. It is. But for your mind and for yeah. your soul and for your, and your emotions and, and that's what it's about. And it's really about that, that muscle memory and, and stretching it and giving it a chance to, to grow and develop. It's just like waking up and going to the gym. You know, yes. it's going to be good for you. When you're waking up and wanting to step out of bed, it's really tough. And you don't want to go. <laughs> so, so they're the things um, that I think about that you need to, to – but you need to have someone who sh- will give you value rather than a friend. Okay. So, you know, feel good feelings, you know, just because it's a a warm shower doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, being told the tough things, someone that's genuine, someone that's present. Correct. Someone that you are attracted to because you admire something that they're doing or they're a leader or, you know, that they've gone down that path before you. I, I, in my opinion, I like to look at mentors because I've had many in my life. Um, They've got something that I want. Correct. I look at their life and I think that's great. I really like that. I want more of that in my life. How do I achieve it? And they often give you some hard hard truths. And you're like, they do. And the thing is, though, the mentor won't be forever. That's no. the other thing that people think. They'll be there for a moment in time. So they could be there for a year, six months. It could be for, it could be for years. But it doesn't have to be a lifetime because they'll come in and out of your life as you need them and they can step yeah. out again. What's your thought on mentors who are sort of self-imposed? As an example, yeah. Uh, it, in my old job, I had a mentor who was self-imposed and I was imposed to someone else as a mentor. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is not working. It doesn't in work. Neither direction. <laughs> Correct. And it's really hard. Yeah, it because is. if you get told your, your new mentor is Joe Bloggs and you go, oh, well, I don't know them. I know nothing about them. And we don't have anything in common. We don't have an affinity. It doesn't work. You have to feel trust because you're going to trust them with some things that are happening that you don't even know about. Mm. 100%. There's been a lot that you've said already, right, that very valuable. It's adding value. It's the trust element, admiring someone. I'm taking so much of this conversation (laughs) already. So I've got a couple more questions here. And we're not going to get through them all just because we could sit here for an hour. Sorry. No, not at all. This is great. It's, I, I prefer it this way. Um, what's, the, the, where's the, what's the relationship that you notice between sort of mentorship and small business? Because you're running a very significant part of the business, which is small businesses. Yes. And you've, you've, you've more or less said that you fell into mentorship. Mm-hmm. Is there a relationship between the two that... Yeah, there is actually. And the thing that people need to realise, and if those who are in small business will understand this, small business is a really lonely place. Yeah. You're on your own. You don't have lots of people to go and talk to. You don't have this big support 
like you do in a large organisation. When you're a small business, you're on your own. Maybe there's one or two other people in the office. So you need a support network, which is imperative. And so that's where mentorship is imperative for small businesses. The two, you, you've got to find people that you can trust, people you can talk to. And, and I, I'll tell you a little story, if I may. Please um, do. I grew up in a family um, where my father and my mother ran a small business. And so I, I'm a small business family. Everyone in my family, other than me, either started in a small business and has grown it or um, continue to be in a small business. And so I am the exceptions. But I think that I'm connected because I actually work in small businesses and, and, and help small business but my father ran ran this business and he was surrounded by really wonderful kind generous people who guided him and at the time I was young and I didn't realize and again I didn't know what the title was but I saw these people who were older than he was who were financially more savvy than he was or, or they had been successful and they shared that insight with him and he was prepared to listen and get some knowledge from it and so I think I realised at a really early age that you can have great ideas, but sometimes you need people to help you that you can go and talk to and get their insight and they can mentor you, which is now the word, and guide you. And that's the importance, I think, that that's why the two of them have to be hand in glove because when you're in a small business, you're by yourself. You need someone else to help you and that's where mentorships can come in. Love that. Hand in glove and the story because I can relate in so many Ways, I'm sure, Tiffy, you're nodding your head. You can as 100%. well. Um, it is a lonely space doing mm. small businesses. And even if you are running a bigger business, there's always someone doing more than you and you're always trying something new. And even today, I find myself calling friends that have got different organizations mm. and saying, hey, what do you think of this? Or what about this? I'm trying this soon. I'm, I'm planning on that or staff or whatever it's going to be. It's mm. There's always... It's always handy to have someone to chat to. Correct. And even I started my real estate or property investment journey with a mentorship and I paid a lot of money for that mentorship, learned so much and accelerated my career there because of that. And now I decided to come full time. Here I have my mentor. <laughs> so Dom is, is my mentor. I have 100% exposure to someone who's in a way more advanced stage than I am and is willing to give all of his knowledge. And, <laughs> and to share that. And, that's and to what, share, yeah. And that's what mentors should be doing is is sharing that knowledge but not necessarily telling you how to do it because it's your journey. Yeah. And Tiffy tells me what to do. Sorry, Dara. <laughs> Did you see her earlier? <laughs> <laughs> if my mum hears this, she's going to hear that I'm bossy, dumb. Yeah. And she was probably <laughs> nodding her head saying that's true. <laughs> yeah. mm. May I ask the last question sure. for this evening? Um, we're obviously going through some tough times at the moment, mm -hmm. um, especially small businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, this COVID environment, this lack of... By the way, we're doing everything COVID safe. We're, we're miles we away from one another. We are. We're in our safe distance. Um, have you got any advice or guidance or, or are there sort of some rules or things that we could use in this in this environment? Are there things that you're passing down to the different small businesses that you're you're telling them during this time? Yeah, and so I'm talking to a lot of small businesses and I, I, I'm really blessed because a lot of small businesses... I, I direct contact to me, my phone number, my mobile, my email. And so during this whole process, I've had a lot of them connect directly with me. And so my advice has been a couple of things. You need to stay strong. If you were strong before pre-COVID, 
and you had a profitable business, the chances are you're gonna come back strong. But you need to talk to your bank, you need to talk to your accountant, you need to talk to your brokers, you need to talk to people who are part of that finance piece with you. And I, and I say that because what I've seen is those who have a strong relationship with their accountants are able to get assistance better and have been able to pivot to take advantage of government assistance and some of the um, both state and federal government and the bank's assistance. Those who don't have strong accountant relationships and only go to them for their tax return at the end of it are now struggling because they don't know which way to turn, they don't know what they're doing. There's so much to read. Like if the, you, we all read, and there's every every day they announce something. The government's announcing another initiative, something they can take advantage of. So I'd say, use your accountant wisely. Um, take advantage of that. If, but what I will say is, if you were struggling in your small business previously, mm. you need to take a, a long, hard look at your business and make some decisions. You need to start to to think about, is this right to go back to where I was or am I better off doing something else? Because that is so vital because you will not survive if you have struggled previously. Mm. That's that's some of that hard advice you were talking mm. about earlier, right? You said it with a smile, I but, but it's, it's the truth. Mm. Um, it is a difficult time. And unless you have those, because we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, having that that circle of trust or having the, the people that you can rely upon. Your power team. Yeah, your yeah. power team. So you need your mortgage broker, your account, and all the different people around you to help support you. You're creating a system and, and your system is there to support you. And that's what it's meant to be. So the thing that we've noticed, and I, I know we were about to come to an end, but if you, you need to have had, so the businesses that will survive are about those who have invested into their business and have got something in it. Those who have stripped everything out and have left nothing there, there's only a shell. And so when when the doors are shut, you've got nothing. That doesn't mean that you don't have a profitable business, but you need to think about that model and have you got that model right when the doors open again. There's a lot to take away from that, yeah. you, you small business owners out there. Um, and, and look, I think we've got a couple more seconds. I want to do one more question. I'm sure. sorry. Because I want to try and sneak it in. Sure. The next guest will have to wait. Because um, <laughs> what you said there was really interesting. There's, there's some small businesses that really are struggling. Some small businesses are doing well. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the small businesses that do they keep, the ones that are doing well, mm -hmm. do they keep reinvesting in themselves or do they start looking at other investments as well? Like, are you a proponent for small business owners doing everything in their small business because it makes them stronger or putting away some safe bets or investments into yep. other asset classes? Obviously, we're in real estate, so yes. I love real estate or yes. shares or whatever else. Can you talk a little bit like that quickly? Certainly. Um, so for me, um, I am an absolute believer that you need to put in both. So you need to invest heavily into your business. But I think that if you are in a position to be able to and if you think about it, everyone wants to have, there's nothing more lovelier and the safety of having your own home and being able to stay, say to your family, we have a, a, a roof over our head that can't be taken from anyone else. Now you can use the asset to help the business, but I think you need to invest elsewhere. I think though, if you strip, if you're stripping out all of your profit out of the business and then 
you go to a bank and say, or, or to a broker and say, look, I need to borrow money. The question's going to be asked, well, how come you've stripped all your money out? So I think there is a healthy position you could be there. I think you need to diversify. You need to put a lot into your business. But you can start doing things like super funds to buy the building or the unit that you're working out of so that that way you're also, if, if you decide to shut down that business in five years or 10 years or you want to retire, you still have an asset. So for me, I'm a big believer in doing both. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I look at the most successful businesses, they've put heavily into the business early on. They've let it grow and then they take a little bit out, but enough in there so that if they they need to borrow or they need the funds, they've got it there. Amazing advice. Thank you very much, Camilla. We'll wrap it up with that. Um, Hopefully we get to hear from you again post-COVID. It'll be great to catch up and and talk more, maybe allocate an hour, two hours longer. Oh, no. How boring. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, everybody. And before I leave, I'm going to tell our audience that if you've heard anything that you've taken value out of this podcast, please share it with friends and family. So we want to keep expanding and getting to more people out there, right? Absolutely. Yes. And if you have any questions, let us know. We're going to be doing another questions podcast and we can always talk to Camilla if you have any for her so thank you and we'll see you all later bye bye